I'm in your house. We're staring at one another. We're both dipping over the... <laughs> We're leaning into my... I feel like this is a Lady in the Tramp moment. I showed up at Andrew's doorstep at 1130 this morning. Knock, knock, knock. He opened it and looked shocked. Why did you look shocked? I didn't realize we were doing this as a face-to-face <laughs> meeting. There was a moment where I go, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> uh, but we're doing it together because we're doing some new stuff here uh, coming up with TM2C. And one of those is we're going to record our intros and they will be specially available for special people in our special TM2C family. But more on that later. If you feel like you're special, or if you want to feel special, you should definitely listen to this because we have a few things to tell you. This is a mentorship podcast for the digital age. For anyone who looks out... <laughs> I changed it. Yeah, you did. Of course you did. For anyone who looks outside their box. <laughs> for anyone who looks outside their own box. No. For inspiration. <laughs> you have to say out their box. Outside the box? For anyone who looks outside the box for inspiration. And knows just how important a great mentor can be. From movie stars to blog writers to gay country music artists, in this day and age, we have something to learn from everyone. So this is your weekly chance to get personal with people who've been down the road before you. And soak up a whole lot of inspiration from every corner of the internet. I'm so glad to be in your home this morning, Andrew. I'm glad to have you in my home, even if it was a slight bit shocking and a touch unwanted. (laughs) Story of my fucking life. (laughs) We had an enormous week at TM2C Podcast last week, and it's kind of still going on. Um, we are featured in the West 42 magazine. Yeah. Like you wrote an article for them and they published it somehow. I don't know. Like you're, It's like your genius or something. They did a full page feature on our podcast. It's the open mic issue. So it's about people making magic with their voices. And there's lots of amazing and inspiring articles about cabaret stars and motivational speakers and all these folks. It's really worth a, a read. Um, but we're the podcasters that they included. And we got to tell a little bit of our story and how uh, we make the podcast and what our tips are for anyone who's thinking about doing it because we tend to talk about that a lot on here. And it seems to me that these days everybody's got a podcast, oh right? God, like yes. everybody's got a podcast because everybody's got an opinion and you want to be you want to be validated, you want to be heard, you want to have an opinion. The, the, the thing you're saying about everybody having a podcast has been a, the bulk of the challenge that we've faced in these first five months of being up and almost a year of working on this. 10,000 downloads. Almost. Let's get excited. Not oh yet. Almost, almost. But one of the things Andrew and I talked about when we were first planning this podcast is that everyone's got a podcast and we were not particularly interested in just adding our voice to it. We knew from the beginning we wanted to build a podcast that served a need that wasn't being met and to build a brand that served that need as well and to do it at the like highest possible quality that we could do because we knew that would set us apart from everybody else. Which I think is what the magazine article was kind of about because they come to you for information right? about something <laughs> that everybody's doing and you're like at the forefront of it yeah. because you got the ideas and you know you have the biggest business acumen to be able to take care of it. <laughs> Let's just talk about ourselves a little bit more. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> holy shit what holy, a leash holy shit <laughs> i don't know how all this ended it actually did not it was not planned to all end up in the same week but we were featured on the faking notes podcast which is instagram influencer that viola kids podcast and along with his um collaborator and composer trevor baumgartner we were featured on spark my interest podcast who is one of the top 10 podcasts to listen to this week from pod chaser which is amazing yeah. i know so go check that episode out too we're in west 42nd street magazine yeah we've hit 30 episodes and drum roll please we're almost to 10,000 downloads that seemed like a little <laughs> anticlimactic we did the whole thing and I it was know. like almost 10,000 downloads. <laughs> i know i can't wait for that big check you know 10,000 downloads can we talk about something with this because that i've been thinking about yeah people i have noticed podcasters are really reticent to talk about their analytics um, and I That's think it's because uh-huh. it, because it, your analytics are not indicative of the work you're doing, but it can be construed as that, i.e., if you have a podcast that is awesome and you're doing really good work, but it's brand new and you don't have a platform, you know, you could be like not having any downloads or, and 35 people listening to it every week is a miracle because you fucking started something from nothing. Scratch, right. People don't talk about their downloads. And I was like, should we talk about like the fact that we're five months in and we're just hitting 10,000? Because it's not... You know, it's you need to be getting like 50,000 downloads an episode to be sponsored, fiscally. sustainably yeah, fiscally yeah, right. sponsored on an by in a normal like sort of advertising revenue structure. And, yeah. you know, we're just hitting 10,000 after 30. But then I thought, fuck it. We have to talk about this stuff because that's how we help each other understand how we're doing and how to get better. Right. I feel like we would be doing a disservice to our listener base and our friends and anybody who gives a shit about what we're doing if we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like office workplace um, you don't want to talk about how much you're getting paid because you don't want to like upset the other guy. But then again, you think about it, that's actually the man, the corporate man yes. trying to tell you so he doesn't have to pay somebody else what you're getting paid for the same amount of work, right? Right. right. That's bullshit. I right. think that we all need to expose that, rip back the fucking curtains and be like, listen, this is what I get paid. This is the job that I'm doing. If I do it better than you, then yes, absolutely pay me more. Right. But you want you want to understand what the levels are so that there's no so it's fair to everybody, right? Totally. We we inter- we uh, we interview mentors, we interview entrepreneurs, and we interview people who are building their shit from the ground up. And if we aren't giving you the tools to be able to build shit from the ground up, we're not we're doing you a disservice totally. as podcasters. And again, I think a huge part of this and the decision we made together to uh, <laughs> we didn't make it together no, at all. I made not. it. <laughs> But the decision- and this is what I'm talking about. I, I really have nothing to contribute. <laughs> the decision I made to talk about it is because I, with a open heart and like so much enthusiasm for my fellow podcasters, am saying this knowing that some of my friends who make great podcasts are not going to be hitting those metrics. And that doesn't make our podcast better than theirs. And some of my friends who make great podcasts and don't do half the work we're doing are getting way more downloads. And that doesn't make our podcast less good than theirs. But it is what it is. And we're fucking super proud of it, to be quite honest. I mean, we are like, if you think about it in the, in the, in the grand scheme of like what a corporation is or how to build a business or a brand, you have to have barometers, right? You have to have a barometer. You have to have goals. You have to have places where like, where am I at? What are my benchmarks? Where have I been? Where am I going? Where do I want to go? What do I want to be? How is this sustainable? How do I build it? Um, and I'll sort of button this conversation with a tip, another tip. If you don't already, you should be listening to a podcast called The Podcast Method. If you are thinking about building a podcast, we host our podcast on a platform called fireside.fm. 
Uh, it is awesome. It was uh, made by Dan Benjamin, who's been podcasting since 2006. He's the uh, founder of 5x5, Five Five, and you've probably listened to 5x5 Five Five podcasts. And it just so happens he's an engineer also. So he's built Similar to similarly to what you're just saying, Andrew built a podcasting platform for podcasters, not to be funded by venture funds, not to be sold. A platform to function for podcasters because he is one. He's been working on this since 2016, and it's awesome. And we love being uh, hosted on Fireside. And he has an awesome podcast called The Podcast Method. And I'm telling you right now, I listened to the entire first season. It's like 23 episodes or something like that in preparation for putting this podcast out. And he's back on it again, and he's publishing new uh, episodes, which I'm so thankful for because it kind of beautifully coincides with us starting to do some new stuff with and some more advanced stuff with our podcast. Nice. But this is all to say, in this last episode that just came out last week, he's talking about what you need from the standpoint of listeners and this exact conversation we're having. And he's like, it's the quality of your listeners. It's not the quantity, especially when you're starting. If you're not starting from a giant platform, <clears throat> he's like, all you need is a handful of those listeners who are upset when your episode comes out late yeah. and who are interacting with you on social media and asking the questions on video ask and sending our, you know, recommending our podcast to other people. He's like, all you need is a handful of those folks right. because those are those building blocks you're talking about, exactly. right? Exactly. And I think having those building blocks will, like again, will make your business more sound. It will bring the infrastructure there. Like if you use the analogy, God, I love an analogy. The old oak tree, the roots run deep. The business is going to be solid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens up top. You could have a little, you know, fluctuation. You could have a storm that knocks a tree down a little bit, but it'll continue to be a strong, rooted business if that's what you're looking for. If not. Go listen to another podcast. So let's wrap this little piece of the conversation up with uh, what's coming down the pipeline for TM2C, I think. What is next? Yeah. So Andrew's learning for the first time as well as you. <laughs> uh, so new content. We are going to be launching in some phases, some new content um, through the podcast. And uh, and uh, some of it is going to be uh, exclusively available for uh, special TM2C Coffee Club members. We have new videos coming out. We also have uh, Andrew and I uh, met this week, and we have a super exciting way for all of us those of us who make this podcast, you guys who listen to have an impact together and to give back to the communities uh, that that we care about and also that our guests care about. So that's coming up soon. And that brings us back around to uh, the launch of something super cool. We were going to do it this week. That was a launch. That was a launch. But then we got a really awesome meeting uh, in relation to this. When the door when the, when the door was knocked upon yes. and the information that entered with the person that entered came in, I I, I got choked up. This is exciting. Yeah. And so we are going to hold on announcing this. It's a little teaser until next week's intro so we can have this meeting. So here's here's what I propose, Andrew. Uh, we are just about to hit 10,000 downloads. We've got a week until we are uh, planning on making this announcement. So y'all, if you haven't, go into our back catalog, download some episodes that you haven't listened to. This is the week to do it. Download, listen, get on social media and tell us what you learned and help us hit 10K and then we'll have a 10K party, launch party, announcement party. party. 10K announcement party. (laughs) 10K party. (laughs) 10K party. (laughs) All right. We've talked long enough about this amazing podcast. Let's get on to our guest. 
You guys, today we have somebody very special. He's very different of mine. Uh, it's not George W., because that's who I sound like <laughs> right now. Like a little bit like George W. Bush. No, no, this is uh, Brian Falduto. It's Brian Falduto, you guys. I know you know Brian Falduto, because he's a prolific gay country artist. And you know what else? He's that guy. He's the kid. Where do they know him from? You know him from uh, this little movie called School of Rock. What? Was I that? know. What? You mean Jack Black's School of Rock? Jack Black's School of Rock. And he was, in quotes, that gay kid. So Brian is also an ICF certified LGBT life coach. And I will tell you, he throws down <laughs> some serious, um, like, truth bomb, oh, life yeah. coaching, like, totally... <laughs> pointed the mirror back at Andrew and I on a yeah. couple of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the vibe during the entire conversation was so cool. It was yeah. so relaxed. It was, you know, there was no pretension there at all for somebody who's doing like life-changing work, literally life-changing work. And to have somebody like that around was just so peaceful. It was so wonderful. It was just such a docile environment, but like dropping truth bombs left and right. So before we go to the episode, you know the drill. Head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at TM2C Podcast. You can leave us a video ask for an upcoming guest. Or maybe just suggest someone that we should have coffee with. We <laughs> hope that you enjoy this episode of Take Me to Coffee with Brian Falduto. Falduto. Prestenario. Prestenario. <laughs> you got a lisp on that. <laughs> Oh my God, Brian. All right, first of all, what is up? What's up? Second of all, hey. I am one of the biggest fucking country music fans that you will ever meet. You're going to have to prove that. Yeah, please. Well, okay, great. I mean, I'm a big Eric <laughs> Church fan. I'm actually very good friends with Brandy Clark and Shane McAnally. Name drop. Literally. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I live for the, I live for country music. I really do. I'm not kidding. You dropped the McAnally. You dropped the McAnally. I know. Where are you from originally, Brian? Jersey. <gasps> Did you grow up listening to country music? I'm a gay country singer from Jersey. It's a thing. You know, people just have to accept it. <laughs> I fucking like, love it. Are you kidding me? It's the me? best branding ever, first of all. But I worked in country music radio for three or four years so I kind of oh. fell in love with it then what'd you do were you on air I was on air towards the end of it but no I was just like behind the scenes for a very long time um cool. and then uh yeah I saw the artist coming in and I was like I want to do that uh when you were on air I have a I too was on the radio for a little while weirdly oh, okay. in college did you have to change your name too no I was never like important enough that they would have cared <laughs> what my name was <laughs> <laughs> I was told like immediately. I mean, and look, I, it wasn't fancy. I was on like a middle market 80s, 90s, and today on the weekends, you know, in the mm -hmm, evenings. Mm -hmm. So it's like, just let's speak. Sounds clear like about a this. great station, though. It was. I actually really liked it. But they were like, look, before I, the day before I started on there, they're like, people are really weird that listen to the radio. No offense if anyone's <laughs> listening to this podcast that listens to the radio. Yeah, but it's like, also fucking Missouri, too. So. And yeah. it was Southern Missouri. And they're like, you have to change your name because they will find you. They will find mm. you and you don't want that to happen. And it did. Yeah. Even though I changed my name, they found me on the internet. They found my email address. It was crazy. I was going to say the people, the people who work in radio are weird too. Not just the people who listen to it. <laughs> That's true. Although my station that I, or that like whole conglomerate that it was like three stations for the most part were the loveliest people. They were great mentors actually just mm. to round it back to this podcast. Funny enough, great. they were 
awesome mentors. They were so kind to me and they taught me like the whole business. It was when I did my first voiceovers. I, it was a great place. There was one guy who was like weird as fuck. Though. Yeah. It is a great place to learn about the business because like radio has done such an amazing job at keeping up with the constant changes in the industry. Yes and no, like depends. So it was a really good place to like learn adaptability and like professionalism and that kind of thing. Of which we do none of on this podcast. <laughs> so welcome to Take Me to Coffee. So welcome. Awesome. Brian, okay, I have a question for you on this Take Me to Coffee you know because you're a you're a life coach and you're a music uh artist musician Mm -hmm. and you were obviously and are still an actor because i think that doesn't go away um do you get taken to coffee a lot or do you get asked to go to coffee a lot by folks who want you to help them well unfortunately it's 2020 so no everyone just wants to do everything over the phone now oh just like dm me all your advice critique of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but no everything's remote now so i kind of i i love it actually i've accepted the times and everything i do is remote so uh i get to do my job from wherever i want essentially which is awesome so i do love going to coffee if anyone wants to take me and be clear because this is a real thing i have an issue with at us online take brian to coffee but fucking buy him his coffee like don't don't ask someone to go to coffee and not buy their coffee for them Please, everybody, that's my piece of advice for today. Yay, I like that. And that's just a, it's an etiquette thing, okay? It's really, if you ask somebody out, pay for it. (laughs) Being a life coach, um, do you feel like you lose a little bit of that intrapersonal connection by doing it over like a Skype session or Hmm. or, or anything like that? Are you reaching people in that manner? Is Is it like this? Are you like video chatting with people or are you on the phone with them, just kind of giving them the verbal advice? Or? Yeah, I do it all over the phone. Good question about the interpersonal, but I feel like I could ask you the same question about this. Mm. Um, but I feel like, no, um, I actually kind of love that it's all over the phone and that I can't see their face because I don't get to make any, not that I would, but I don't get to make any judgments about them other than oh, what they're telling that's me. Cool. Um, and I just get to like hear what they say, you know, which is kind of nice and be like, cool this is what i have to say and it's um occasionally we talk over each other which is annoying but that's something that comes with the <laughs> on phone this podcast too. <laughs> on, on this podcast we also talk over one another i'm the main culprit did you ever <laughs> did you ever have a life coach yourself brian before you did this i currently have a coach and a therapist oh, amazing. and all the above are you gleaning things from it or are you is it you're passing things on or are you just kind of like it's for your own like from my coaching that i have yeah yeah i mean what okay how does it affect you and does that affect the way that you that you talk to to others as well yeah well i mean in the coaching world we i'm pretty sure everyone's heard this at one point or another every coach should have a coach i mean it kind of like is hypocritical of the idea of coaching to not have a coach because we can't mm. Uh, the whole point of coaching is that we can't see our own shit when we're in our own shit. So a coach mm-hmm. is just meant to be like, okay, well, this is what you're doing. Let me uh, hint at something else you could be doing. Or let me ask a question that might lead to some sort of like inner discovery of something you're not thinking of. Um, so it is. it would be hypocritical of me to be coaching and not have a coach, I feel like, because um, then I – then I would just be sitting content like, oh, I have all the answers, which is just like not true. You know? It's kind of like extended learning, basically, or like continuing yeah. education. Yeah. I also learn from my clients. People think uh, there's like this huge misperception about coaching that like I have answers and I don't. I actually just I'm really good at like guiding other people to their answers. Mm-hmm. Um, like a director. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes it's cool. I learn from walking with them on this little journey and I'm like, ooh, I just had a realization about my life too, you know. Um, so it's it's like this partnership more than it is a coaching. I feel like I learned about four or five years ago when I started working with, a, I did some work for like a serial entrepreneur out of Australia who's really big. And t- he's like just a couple years older than I am or we are. And he has like lots of coaches. And that was the first mm-hmm. time I really understood that I had 
judgy opinions about getting coached <laughs> or having coaches. And so, cause I don't know if you get to do this ever, but like, so I just was honest. That's true. I had judgy opinions and I feel like my mind was a little changed, but if you could talk to someone like you are right now who has judgy opinions about having a life coach, what would you tell them about like what it is, how it impacts your life and why they're being stupid for not considering it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the coach in me would just be like, like I would just go to the heart of what a judgment is. And usually it's like some sort of reflection of yourself that you're seeing in another person. So like, oh what is God. it about yourself that you don't like, you know? It's, so it's like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> we have these surface level thoughts and opinions. Right. And I don't believe that they're actually true to a lot of our truth. You know, it's, uh, they come from our interactions, from our busyness, from our day to day. And I feel like if we can dig beneath those, then we can actually get to something that's a little more real and not just reflective of like the ego or whatever's living right here mm -hmm. um and so i would yeah. just i would just like dig until i got to something that felt a little more like oh so then how does that translate to like if someone has this is probably a, sounds like a stupid question but i just would love to hear your opinion about it no stupid questions. yeah thank you uh life coach like i'm going to a life coach and that's what you do in our right in our coaching sessions like how what do you fundamentally believe is the outcome of getting down to that stuff in terms of what someone wants out of uh, a life coach the option for daily contentment uh, no matter where you are on your... That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> no matter where you are, because it's actually, it becomes less about the goals and actually just like uh, the contentment in the process, which actually eventually leads to the goals you want. So it is really just about that optional happiness at all times, because I feel like people think that happiness is on the other side of the goals. And I actually think that we need to bring it with us to the mm. goals. And, when, and then, because mm. otherwise you're going to get to the goal and you're going to still be unhappy, I feel like. I feel like I'm kind of grappling with some of that myself, honestly. Like, who isn't? Ooh, life coach Andrew. Life coach Andrew. I, I will accept a life coach. I will accept a life coach. I'm not saying I don't need one or want one. I don't have one currently. What are you doing? But <laughs> you, Andrew, you have a great voice for radio. Oh, thank you. That's a good thing that I do some voiceovers every once in a while. <laughs> now I'm paranoid that it seems like I'm flirting with you. I'm not flirting with you. I just think you have a nice voice for radio. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Now I've lost my train of thought. Anyways, no, please don't you need analyze a life me, coach. do analyze me. I need a life coach. I need a life coach with uh, my contentment. So I grapple like you, and I think we have a lot of listeners out there who kind of grapple with this goal, the idea of goal-oriented uh, fixation or lack of goals or um, any kind of like motivation. Do you deal with that kind of on your own level, like doing what you do, being a country star, but also being a life coach? Do you deal with like kind of that goal-oriented mindset? Oh mm. God. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm so lost so often when people are like, why would you coach us? But that's not, um, <laughs> I'm not always like, I would feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're like, Oh my God, he has more answers than me, but he's in the same place. So let's figure yeah. it out together. Sure, That's what it is. It's just all about figuring it out together. I do feel that no matter how lost I am though, I do have this option for contentment that I talked about. So I don't, I don't ever feel like stranded, if that makes sense. Um, I have like enough like inner yeah. work that I can do, I feel like. Um, but um, I'm very goal-oriented. You should see my Google calendar. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, I have a huge problem with accepting where I am sometimes and letting go of things. But you, I think that the truth still lives in doing that. I don't know that I do it perfectly all the time, but I think that I have people in my life who do it well, and my coaches help me maintain that mindset, and it all kind of works out. I don't know. It does all work out. That's the thing that we have to remember, right? Like 
somehow or another, mm-hmm. it's going to work out. This is like a great fit. We've just had a here and there. We've had a couple of episodes where we've had on folks sort of in your space, like the Zuckerberg Institute, which mostly deals mm-hmm. with innovation and entrepreneurship and in life coaching where these industries can veer into like loads of bullshit and sales. And it's we keep hearing like it's so nice. And it, this is already falling into that category. These episodes where we get to sit down with someone who's not like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Who's like, it's I think it's rare to hear someone just like quietly and confidently say, I am in the same place Mm -hmm. all the time. Right. Or I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know. You know, it's refreshing to be like, I don't know. I've lost like 50% of my client consults because I do hop on the phone and I tell them I don't know. (laughs) I love you. No, I do. I'm like, I don't (laughs) know. That's not, I'm good at coaching. I know I'm good at coaching. I just, that's not what it is. Right. And that's a huge misperception I feel like. And also I'm setting myself up for failure if I view it that way, because then I'm just, I'm setting myself up for more disappointment when I fail because I'm viewing myself in this way that's ridiculous, I feel like. I'm creating this uh, persona that's not possible. You have expectation and then you try to achieve that, but it's a phony, false ladder that you've built, you know what I mean? To try to achieve that goal. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, artistically, that would be so starving, I feel like, because I would be, artists need to be connected Mm -hmm. with all that stuff. Does so. it get frustrating when you when you know that like there's a surface that it's only a surface expectation for you to come on and say I'm going to solve all your problems but in fact when you're honest like that you're serving them better? Does it get frustrating when people can't see that? Yeah, I mean, that's like half of the work I feel like cuz people do come to me being like I have this goal, help me achieve it. And then the first 6 weeks is me being like how important is the goal really, you know? Mm-hmm. And like let's look at the process and then we'll get to the goal you know, by week nine or whatever, but uh, we actually need to slow down for a second first. Mm -hmm. Um, And people don't always want to do that, which um, I understand. That's that kicking, kicking the goalpost thing we were talking about earlier, right? No, no, I want to accomplish something I can say I accomplished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is a two-part question. So the first one is back to the life coaching is like, do you find people on the road through these festivals and things, wherever you perform, do you find them to be willing to come up to you and say, hey, listen, you know, you're inspiring to me. You are you're everything. Can you life coach me? I do get like a lot of admiration from other artists because I do, I never say I'm going to do something and I don't do it. It always comes to fruition in some form or another, whether it's like actually what I initially said or like some sort of variation (laughs) of it. I do, I do get it done. So um, I know a lot of artists who don't do that. I think that they're facing some obstacles, right? And like, they just don't get around to that thing because they get a little like divided, which is totally understandable. So I do get a lot of like admirational, that's not a real word, talk about um, that I'm doing that. Uh, as far as the musicians that I work with, um, I think half the reason they work with me is because I do that because like I never email them and I'm like, let's do this. And then they never hear back from me. I'm always That's like, awesome. I have a project. Let's get it done. And they're yeah. like, well, we know that if Ryan says he's doing something that it's going to happen. Absolutely. I love the follow through. And I think that's a, that's a good, you know, it's a good moral lesson for a lot of our listeners out there is like, once you start something like really, yes, it may go off the path and it may like become usually something does. Else, yeah. But the, it always, it always does. in in every instance that I've seen, <laughs> but it never sets out to be the one thing that you're trying to achieve. It's like, it's about the follow through. It's about the work. It's about the ethic that you take with it and the mindset that you have. And that's not to say, that's not to say that like, deviations are bad you know like if if you along that journey discover that you're not like enjoying it and something else 
brings you joy. Like I think go after what brings you joy. But but again, I think it's about the follow through. Yeah, yeah. I always think a pattern of this happening over and yeah. over. <laughs> What's part two of that question, Andrew? Yeah, part two yeah. of my question is now since I am fascinated with the country music genre and everything like mm-hmm. that, I kind of want to get into the the nuts and bolts about being maybe someone who could be viewed as uh, it could be a bit of a stigma to be to be gay and openly gay in in Nashville, when we know that there's a lot of gay people in Nashville. I mean, I know a bunch of them myself, but to be openly gay and being a country artist Mm. or writer or somebody at the forefront of country music, it's like, it's kind of like, I feel like we're at a bit of a crossroads. You know what I'm saying? Like with the little Nas X thing, you know, like trying to get hip hop into country music, which has been there for the longest time. Pedal backwards for the girl who doesn't know much about country. What's, what'd you say? Nas X? He just won the Grammy or got nominated. Lil Nas X wrote a country song that w- of what he deems a country song. And the hook is like, take my horse down the hotel road, ride till I can no more. You know, this thing. And it's got all the things that you'd want from country music. Talking about, you know, boots and girl and money and grandma and death and this, all this stuff. And you're like, <laughs> my truck, my truck and my all this stuff. You know what you what you consider to be in a country song, you know, like a hokey okay. country song, right? He wrote this tune and was like, I present this to the Country Music Academy. I want, I, I think, I think this is a country music song. And they're like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're not. Nope. We're not doing that. We're not taking that. Mm. Isn't he? Uh, he's also gay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he, he he's breaking down two walls. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So he is an African-American gay man in the country industry. He's a rapper, but he re- crossed genre to go write this song. Yeah. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus comes on. He's like, OK, well, if it's not, then I'm going to come on to this. I'm going to sing the hook for you because I'm a legit. I'm a legitimate bona fide country star. That's cool. And I'm an award winner. So I will come on and I will sing the hook for mm-hmm. this. The song becomes number one. It blows all these billboard charts away. It is like the hottest song of all of last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy thing. And the longest running number one single of all time. Yeah. Of all time. Of all time. What's your read on all of that, Brian? I can only speak to like my personal experience. I feel like you're asking about just being gay in country music. What is your how? What is your inside perception being on tour and doing these things in the industry itself? What is your inside perception of how that all plays out? Yeah, well, it's like super exciting. And also like it's such a mix of exciting and defeating because like sure, country music still has so much more to go as far as like inclusivity, I feel like, um, which is mm-hmm. exciting in a way because to be one of the few people who's being like, hey, I'm a gay country singer. You're getting noticed right now, I feel like, because no one else is saying that, which is cool. And I can use it to my advantage, I feel like, perhaps. But also, like, I just get to do, I get to tell authentic queer storytelling in my music. And um, I don't really have to count out the fact that it could eventually one day resonate just in the world of country music. I don't think that will happen, like, like very soon. But I think the country music is catching on to the fact that they're, they're moving a little slower than everyone else. And so I think that mm. um, I th- I think that there's there's a lot of possibility. I don't really know like the timeline of when it's all going to open up, but I'm excited about the momentum of it all. Um, and I feel a bit empowered. I'm releasing a song this year that's about um, growing up gay in church because um, country music has a lot of church songs. And so this is my take on it. Um, and so I feel like if the times weren't as they were, I wouldn't have maybe felt like I was ready to say that. To be to be comfortable in that in that genre to be able to speak out like that yeah i mean because i'm also tackling not only country music but also the church so it's like two really uh yeah closed off areas yeah and this is like a a great moment to just take a quick second to let our listeners know that we were introduced to brian by maddie joe who did our god God, sex and rich people episode so how because she also sort of like fights the good fight with institutional religion Mm -hmm. how do you guys know each other well we go to the same acting studio which is the anthony mind actor workshop 
But she is cool. in my music video for that song. What? Uh, that I just mentioned. And it will be coming out yes. okay. in a month. So. And what's the name of that song so we can put it on our show notes? The song is called God Loves Me Too. Got it. But we do have a lot of great support, including Glad, The Trevor Project, HRC, awesome. uh, Richard Linklater, Scott Rudin, all these weird names have attached themselves. Yes, cool. yes. Yeah. So okay. We're hoping to create a moment. If Shane McAnally wants to get behind it, you just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Give a little bump. This is a good uh, segue into, so one of the things that we do on Take Me to Coffee is collect questions from people who listen to the podcast and who follow you online. So that way it's a coffee date for all of us uh, <laughs> to our earlier conversation about doing things not in real life. So uh, we have a, a question that is on this topic of country music. Let's uh, Let's hear it. Hey, it's Andrea Prestonario, performer and co-founder and executive director of Keys. Question is, how are you creating advocacy at the intersection of country music and queerness? Yeah, and particularly maybe uh, ha- past the song, like what happens af- like past your writing? What yeah. ways are you finding to continue that work through your 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 music and your your mantle, like, your voice, mantle? Yeah. yeah, thanks. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I feel like it's a fine line of just uh, being kind of in your face about it. You know, I use hashtag gay country as much as I can. Hashtag queer country. Um, I love that. Which we shouldn't we shouldn't have to do, right? But um, no. I also feel no. like it's a way to celebrate what we're doing. So it's it's all it's uh, being a little in your face about it. But also, my advocacy approach has always just been stories. I don't think mm. that I have I don't have much to say other than my own story or my own experience. So I just keep searching for what that is and putting that into my music or to my pieces that I write or to my coaching. Um, I also have like a podcast coming out that I plan on doing that type of thing with. I don't know. I'm I'm very bad at advocacy from the standpoint of someone who's not myself because I just don't feel, I don't know. I just feel more powerful when it's my own story, which I feel like makes sense. We know. talk about that all the time uh, on this podcast. Y- storytelling, yeah. storytelling, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Easiest way. There's like, there's a concept called narrative trans- transport or transportation, depending on the yeah. use you're, you're using it in, that is like the science behind why stories are mm. so compelling when you're trying to change hearts or change minds or find common ground mm-hmm. between the storyteller and the person listening. And it has to do with being able to like see yourself in another character mm-hmm. with a little bit of distance and use it as an anecdote for your own beliefs, which I think is why is a very fancy way of saying why it's so uh, useful in advocacy work. Totally. I heard this cool workshop once where they were talking about like the three brains that humans have. I know we only have one brain, but like mm-hmm. we feel things in our head and our heart and in our gut and stories are one of the only ways you can like attack all three. I feel like because there's, different elements Mm. of stories where you can really like affect everything rather than just going at them logically or going at them through their heart. You can like, get the whole scope of who they are with a full story. I've never heard that before. I'm like writing yeah, it down too. for I was myself. Like, kind of like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's not mine. I don't remember who said it. No, that's okay. No, the narrative <laughs> transportation thing isn't mine either. Just so everybody knows, we're not trying to steal right, shit right, here right. on Take Me to Let's Coffee. See that we're just regurgitating information <laughs> that we find useful. Do you get asked to do like, uh, to use your music to raise money for organizations very often? I do a lot of like charity performances, which is fine mm. and wonderful. I love doing them. Um, but no, I mean, I, I no. Outside of that, no, I'm open. <laughs> Listen, I think we have another question coming up. 
Hi, I'm Hassan Saeed, and I have to ask you, I love country music because what's great about it for me is that it's so authentic. There's no riding the beat in country music. You either have the chops or you don't. And in the music industry at large, they say that it always begins, or it starts and it ends with the song. Who is your favorite songwriter? And if you guys are listening, what you didn't couldn't see is like Brian nodding his head along with that entire question. <laughs> no, I do because I say all the time, people are like, I don't like country music. And I'm like, what is that statement? Country music has expanded to be such a large genre that includes so mm. many things. Um, pop music as it oh, used yeah. to be, do- I'm getting on a rant, sorry, but pop music as it doesn't used to be doesn't exist anymore. Like if you want a melody set to uh, like simple instruments, you have to go to country music, I feel like. Otherwise, it's all just like electronics and synthetics or whatever um so sorry yeah i was so i was so agreeing with that i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um my favorite songwriter right now is oh god this is like the most difficult question uh casey musgraves why yeah uh our producer's agreeing with you too <laughs> yeah i know it's not a very original choice but i think her, her stuff's powerful i think she she just knows how to write a relatable lyric and set it simply but also so, but also be so elaborately creative in the process while keeping it so simple and massively appealing um, by doing mm-hmm. cool things with their instruments that you wouldn't even notice unless you were like really listening or like dissecting the track. You know, it's really cool. I feel like I wish I could contribute to this, but this has got to be you, Andrew, because I actually don't listen to country music. Oh, I was actually just going to say that I was listening to, because uh, I listened to the radio. I've just got back from Chicago like six weeks ago and I'd listen to the radio all the time and I was listening to all these country songs like over and over and over and over and over. And one that I found recently, well, not recently, like six weeks ago, you know, it was like, I don't know when it got released actually, but it was on the radio. It was uh, Maren Morris's Bones. Mm. And it was like one of the most relatable, beautiful songs about a relationship about uh, she. the allegory is basically if the bones are good, like a house, right? She essentially talks about like a house that she grew up in mm-hmm. and then it kind of refers itself, reflects itself and parallels itself to a lot of other things in her life. And I was like, she's one of my absolute favorites. So I'm, so what is your, what is your take on, on kind of the, you know, also like with along, along the sides of like people being under or marginalized in country music, like what, how do you, how do you see yourself championing the female voice or your thoughts on like, you know, the, the feminist version of all of these things, since you did say Casey Musgraves, who's like huge advocate that's for the, what, that's what I say all the time when people are like, Oh, country music's changing. It'll be no time before like gay people are like notable in it. And I'm like, we barely have women in it. Like, uh, so I don't like, we're, right. we're just getting that door kicked open and it's still so slow. Yeah. I mean, uh, did anyone watch the CMA awards this year? Uh, they, mm-hmm. they, Unfortunately, no. They basically made the entire night about women and then didn't give um, no. Carrie Underwood, who was very deserving, deserving the like coveted prize. They gave it to uh, Garth Brooks, who is obviously amazing. But, um, you know, he went on he did five concerts this year. She went on like a full tour and right. uh, had the highest grossing album by a female besides Cardi B <sighs> and like did all these like amazing things with her career this year, you know, and like actually broke down walls. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, not like, what else do we have to do? You know? And if that's a struggle for Carrie Underwood, you know, I'm like, I can't imagine. <laughs> wah, wah. 
<laughs> right. How long is it going to be? So who should we be listening to? Who are some of your favorite sort of like underrepresented or sort of underknown uh, folks in those marginalized corners of country music that we should take a listen to? Um, well, I mean, I look up to a lot of my peers. You know, there's Ty Herndon, there's Billy Gilman, there's um, Brandon Stansell, there's Cameron Hawthorne. Uh, these are some people who are doing similar things to what I feel I'm doing. And then also, I mean, I'm a, uh, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit basic in my music interests, you know, because uh, like they're all people who I feel like everyone knows. But the people I love right now are Casey Musgraves, Brandi Carlisle, Chris Stapleton. And then I also have like a huge like jazz. I was about to call it a fetish. It's not a fetish. Um, a jazz interest. <laughs> hey, look, we're an explicit mentorship podcast. So that would fit. We really right are. You, it just goes <laughs> just right so you know. right in line with us. Um, a jazz Completely fetish. on brand. I have, uh, so you know, I love, uh, and that, that covers a lot of things. I love to listen to oldies i love to listen to i'm a very old soul deep deep in here so i'll put on tony bennett radio before i put on most things most days you know oh yeah so then what's like what is your what's your current goal in terms of your music like what what's a, a thing that you'd like to achieve that you feel like you haven't quite yet um or or what's the perfect version of your life current like currently if you could have a perfect version best world yeah um I'm getting a little chills thinking about my answer because it's actually true for me. And I feel like people would hear this answer and like be like, bullshit, you want to be famous. But like, honestly, I've never had this important of a product in my hands with this music video. Um, and yeah. um, given the work I do, I also work in like suicide prevention for LGBTQ youth. Religion mm-hmm. remains one of the hardest topics for them to tackle. I just want this song to get to the eyes and ears that it needs to. I don't, I don't care if that's a large yeah. scale. I know, I know directly of a lot of people who mm-hmm. could really just use, uh, use a moment where they're told point blankly that they are loved just as they are and that mm-hmm. they don't need to do anything to earn love and acceptance. Um, and uh, this song, I just, I feel that it's powerful just by the people it's drawn in already. And so I want to, I just want it to have the impact it's supposed to have, even if that's one kid, you know? I just want to introduce, I'm going to, I don't want to, I'm going to introduce you. So first of all, the two questions we've had already are from former guests, which is so cool. So you should definitely know Andrea Prestonaria, who asked the first question, because her organization, Ring of Keys, actually exists to um, lift up and sort of get more uh, TGNC women in the theater working which is, it's, it's like this giant directory and advocacy organization. And then Hassan, well, Andrew, you talk about Hassan since you interviewed him. Oh, Hassan Sayed is a wonderful gift of a human being. So he was, uh, <laughs> he worked in the theater for a little while and then was injured at one point and was like, he saw a void where um, all of his peers, you know, were putting on a lot of stage makeup every night and they were doing all these th- horrible things as far as their beauty routines and all of these things. And he was like, I think I could do better. And then started creating his own skincare line in his own house. I've heard his name before. Yeah, he's. you probably did. I love a good facial spritz. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> what are you afraid of as this video is starting to loom and come be ready to come out? Um, I saw a psychic recently. I don't know that I believe in psychics, but it was the most exhilarating conversation of my life, so I get why people do it. Um, but, That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> was it just one like off the street, like you randomly sidebarred into a psychic, <laughs> or did somebody <laughs> refer this psychic? Like What, what, what was it exactly? Referred. She's like a spiritual advisor and she's like super expensive and I got to go to a session a session with her for free um and uh I believed her but I don't know if I believe her anymore but um she basically uh <laughs> for that one hot moment <laughs> uh, right 
she she seemed to convince me, and now I'm not convinced. Wait, I don't even remember why I was saying this. Oh, she was like, she was she was talking about my product because uh, I told her about them. Uh, I didn't. Well, she guessed that it was like a music video. It was cool, um, but she was like, uh, "This is a the thing you're holding on to. You're going to have to defend your point of view." And I was like, "Oh," um, and I've had to do that over the years, obviously, um, but. You know, even just I've posted a couple of like teasers on my Instagram and I've had comments like God loves you, but he doesn't love what you're doing. Um, and uh, fucking idiots. <laughs> so passive aggressive. <laughs> oh, my God. And like, it's fine. Like, Backhanded. believe me, I saw it and it actually got me like more yeah. excited for the video. But, you know, yeah, uh, I am. One of my fears is just like, will my inner work be able to sustain me through the negativity? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I feel like it'll be fine. I feel pretty okay about it, but it is a fear. Um, and then also just that, like, no one will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a viewing party on Facebook or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I really honestly don't think you're going to have anything to worry about because no. knowing the people that we know and the circles that we run in and me specifically, like talking to the people that I talk to on a pretty regular basis, you know, as far as like outreach and things like that, like people need to see this kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like people need a voice from inside to tell them that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's. And also it's to be not, reflected, right? To see themselves. Yeah. That's what I think is also so important about what you're doing. Yeah. I was writing this song. Um, I was trying to <laughs> come up with like, you know, a cute songwriting way to say what I wanted to say. And then I was like, what am I doing? No one just says it. And so there's a line in the song that was like, God loves you, even if you're LGBTQ, which sounds like a cheesy lyric, but it fits in. It sounds so beautiful in the song. And I was like, why would I try and avoid that statement? Like, that's the problem. No one says it enough. So there's a big difference between like sitting there and being like, okay, I got God loves me too. What rhymes with two? Hey, rhyming dictionary. Ooh, ooh, LGBTQ. You know what I mean? Right. And actually having something authentic to say yeah, and right. like, organic and meaningful yeah. human beings are smart i think and you can tell the difference between the two when you're listening to something my problem mm-hmm. going up in the church gay was always that like every sunday i would show up like ready for the sermon where they were going to tell me i was going to hell but no one would talk about it Fuck. like i just heard like this big rumor that like what i was doing was wrong or like what i was thinking was wrong or like whatever but like no one mm-hmm. actually got up and said it because they're afraid to say it too because they don't want to alienate people. And so I feel like we just need to like start saying things that we actually feel. Um, and like, cause every week I would, I would show up and I'd be like, is this the week where I get told that being gay is wrong? And then they wouldn't say anything. And I was like, okay, I guess I got away oh, another week, you know, such a terrible way to live. No, oh I know. But God. it's like, that's that, oh. that was. And so with this song, I wanted to be like, here's my stance. No, no one's going to wonder what I think about it. Did that day ever come? Did the day ever come when you heard you're going I to I had to like Google it and be like, this is what people actually. So it didn't actually come from your church. You never, oh, never heard that? No, 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 no. <clears throat> they would never because they want my money. Finding my voice was a, one of the reasons I became a life coach because it took a really long time for me to do that. Yeah. The authentic voice that I speak with these days is only like two or three years old. It's very, uh, it's, it's yeah, fresh. New. It's good for yeah, you. Yeah, no, I came out after college I took a long time and then um yeah. even uh, you know I talk a lot about this in my coaching um because I po- coach primarily gay men and like uh we come out of the closet and we don't we still don't know who we are we spent 16 years denying who we were so right. pretending oh my god so you're somebody else me, right so cry it's I terrible. then found myself like it took me a while to do mm. that you know and I'm still fighting myself so it's like this fun little right. journey 
<laughs> well, that's a really good segue into our last question for the episode. I feel like we are burying the lead, and I know people ask you this all the time, which is why we didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. But if you're listening, you probably know that Brian was in School of Rock, the movie, and we actually got a really good question that is something I also was wondering about. Uh, this was a write-in on Instagram. Uh, this is from Ben from Chicago. <laughs> After all the bullying post School of Rock, you're still labeled in articles as the gay kid from that movie. Do you feel like you finally have ownership over that phrase that caused so much hurt? What advice would you give to a young person in a similar situation? And maybe just give us a quick, you know, in case someone doesn't know, like background on that question. Yeah. Hey, Ben, I appreciate that question. Um, I was actually literally just having that conversation yesterday. I have a podcast that just got picked up by radio.com and we're deciding how hey, to market congrats. Thank you. We're deciding how to market it and whether we, you know, how much we use that. Um, and I know that articles still always lead with that. To answer your question, I, I have taken ownership of it uh, only because not like marketing wise it's smart sure but that's really not the reason it's like only because i ran from it for 17 years because i had this gay kid from school of rock thrown on me at the age of 11 when i was told that it wasn't cool to be gay so i ran from it and i just wanted to blend in and and be like everyone else um and i missed the opportunity for the connection that came with owning that part of my story and not until i started to like take ownership did i did I get to see that that role actually had an impact because um, people saw themselves on screen in me because um, mm -hmm. there was very little LGBTQ representation on screen at that time. And I just, I kind of learned the penalty for running from who a part of your story, you know, not that I regret running from it because I did what I had to do to like survive middle school, <laughs> but um, be well. Yeah. yeah but um uh, well, ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I learned the penalty of like not taking ownership. And so now I'm like, sure, if that's what people recognize me for, that could mm. that could be something that resonates strongly with them for the right reason. And so why would I not own that? It was really confusing for me, I have to tell you, because I didn't know who you were at the time I was putting the video ask out mm. for this episode. I mean, generally, but not really. And so I just copied your bio from Airtable, you know, or from your onboarding thing and put it and then made a social post out of it, which says he's in quotes, that gay kid from School of Rock. And then when I was doing all the research and looking through all the articles and reading all those fucking stories about the terrible things that happened, I had a total crisis. I was like, oh my God, do I take that post down? Like, what, did no. I do? what a hurtful thing to have been said, but this is great. This is good clarification. No, it's so, <laughs> it's so fine. I mean, the phrase in itself, I think it's a problem, that gay kid, because kids are just yes, kids. Yes, it is. Um, but... Uh, but I think I, you know, it's, it's whatever that's, I still get, I just, just skiing last weekend and someone was like, were you the gay kid from school in Brock? And I was like, first of all, I'm wearing <laughs> so much gear. How do you know what I look like? Um, <laughs> second of all, well, listen, how remarkable is it to be noticed at this age for what you did at 11? Like that's a fucking huge, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that wonderful gift to thank. <laughs> hopefully it keeps paying you i mean hopefully we're good 
Okay, so, well, as we round up this conversation, which is so good, and I feel like people are going to get so much out of, how do people follow you on the internet? Where do they find you if they want to keep up on the music video launch and the podcast, all the stuff you have coming up? Yeah, so my most active thing is my Instagram. It's at Brian Felduro, Felduro. Um, (laughs) And then I also, you know, just to, just because my personal presence on Instagram can be lazy at times, and um, I didn't want... um, I just wanted some clarity between my life coaching posts. There's also an account called the gay life coach uh, that people can follow if they want like a daily dose of love. That's very just catered towards inspirational stuff and, and whatnot. But um, I couldn't keep up with that on a personal level. I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, (laughs) So I'm just much. over here living. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> so I'm, I'm going to do me. Just making a podcast, putting out a music video, yeah. trying to have an Instagram presence for my life coach. <laughs> Going to acting class. Thank you. Right. You're welcome. You are the most chill uh, overachiever we've talked to <laughs> on here so far. Yeah. <laughs> Thank but you. seriously, though. I, like, mean, I love that vibe. My roommates won't agree with you, but that's great. Thank you. that's amazing and if they want to have if they're interested in doing life coaching with you do they just dm you on instagram is that the best way yeah or you have like a link tree on there they can just submit a consult through my website um and yeah let's get vulnerable together guys it's a good time to do it these days dropping v's yeah brian thank you so much uh dropping v's it's been a pleasure (laughs) thank you guys christ I was telling uh, Emily, Andrew, it's so interesting to feel the shifts in energy when between different guests that we have on. I mean, it's pretty palpable. Like this one felt so sort of like easy and dropped in and just like really chill and thoughtful, but not laggy. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but there's like real differences between guests and their energies. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, that's the difference between people in this world is they bring a different I will fucking kill you because we're all absolutely different no but I understand what you're saying is like and there's there's an ease to Brian Feldbudo there's an ease to that guy that is like it's quiet confidence yeah it's a quiet calm another episode another awesome conversation like the exact kind of person I'd want to go out for coffee with but would yeah. never ask. I, that's the difference, I think. It's like the, Brian and is the kind of guy that like I would never think. It, it's folly. It's foible, right? I would never think yeah. to say, hey, would you go have coffee with me? But he's the exact yeah. person I want to go have coffee with and, and learn all of these things and talk about all these things we talked about today. And that goes to show you, everybody out there listening to this podcast, like go out there and if you think somebody is unapproachable or uninteresting, bullshit. Ask them a question. <laughs> totally. Ask them. Ask them a question and see, like you know, if you if you might find something with somebody that you think that you never had anything in common with or want to yeah, learn something yeah. from. Uh, listen, I'm glad we had a conversation today about country music because finally <laughs> we get into my wheelhouse. That's true. No, I may do musical theater for yeah. a living, but I get into a country music conversation. I'm a big, big fan yeah. of country music, which is good because I had no idea. <laughs> Everybody out there, uh, if you like Brian Faldudo and you liked everything that he was doing, do not forget to go to at Brian Faldudo. That's Brian F A L D U T O at Twitter or at Brian Faldudo on Instagram. And he's also at The Gay Life Coach or www.brianfaldudo.com. Brian Faldudo. He's our guy. And head over to Twitter and follow TM2C Podcast while you're at it. So you can ask a question for uh, one of our upcoming guests. Or you can also let us know about someone awesome and cool that you follow online that we should talk to. Brian Faldudo was a recommendation from someone else that's been on the show. We do that all the time. We want to know 
who you think we need to sit down to coffee with. That's it for this episode of Take Me to Coffee, and now it's your turn. Number one, check out uh, new episodes every Tuesday on your favorite podcasting application. Two, special bonus content, including being able to see all of our beautiful faces. Join our coffee club over at Patreon. www.patreon.com slash TM2C podcast. If you don't know, your contribution helps us continue to make this podcast for you, with you, and completely ad-free if you're on the Patreon. Because you know why? No one tells us what to do. Three, download these episodes and leave us a review so we can emerge from the deep, dark, dank corners of the podcasting swamp. Y'all, it is dank over there. (laughs) It is fucking dank. And I don't mean like dank weed. I'm not talking like that kind, bud. I'm talking dank. It smells like your grandma's basement. It is dank. I thought you were going to say your grandma's butthole. I'm Jess. I'm Andrew. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Two walk like two out the door Then you have magic